welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 10 of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. This is our final episode in our series of you know, key retirement risks. Today, we're going to be talking about healthcare expenses. So I'm going to jump right into it. When we look at uh, retirement planning, there's usually kind of three phases we're looking at. And I think I can give credit to uh, Tom Hegna on the name of these phases, but we have the, uh, the go-go years. And this is early on in retirement where you're still active, you're just retired, you want to get out, you want to travel, probably have more activities you're doing, maybe you're golfing or whatever your hobbies are. But eventually, you know, that, that starts to fade away a little bit as we get a little bit older, you start to slow down. Maybe you don't want to go out as much, maybe you're not able to go out as much. And we call these the slow-go years. And uh, while your go-go years are, are generally your higher, you know, you have your higher expenditures, especially if you're doing things like travel, the slow-go years, usually your expenses start to drop, or at least they're not keeping up with inflation. That's just because you're doing less. So you're spending less and you don't really need as much money as maybe you did in those early go-go years. But then we get to your later years in retirement, and these are the no-go years. So it's maybe it's not that you don't want to go out, but maybe it's that you can't go out. And what starts to happen in the no-go years quite often is that you start to see expenses increasing, not because you're more active, but because you're starting to have some healthcare expenses you didn't have in the past. So uh, you can think about these three phases if you try to visualize it as uh, it's kind of like the retirement smile sometimes called. So again, early years, a little bit higher expenses, and they start to kind of drop down after you're a little less mobile, but then they may rise again at the end of retirement in those no-go years, again, as some unpredictable healthcare expenses start to come up. So the reason you know, we expect these healthcare expenses uh, to kick in later on is, and I guess maybe the reason this is a, is a risk, you know, it's twofold. So, you know, part of it is that longevity risk we talked about in a, an earlier episode is you don't know what expenses you're going to have because we can't predict it, right? Just like you don't know how long you're going to live. We can't really predict that. And we want to make sure you have money no matter how long you live. It's the same for healthcare expenses. We don't know what they're going to be. So we really don't know exactly what to plan for, but as you age, you know, you probably do have less money left in your portfolio. In a lot of cases, a lot of clients will, because they've been spending down their portfolio over the years. And now that they're older, there is also a much higher risk of having these health care costs. So fortunately, the, the Canadian healthcare system does provide some good basic coverage. Just so you know, most of what I'm going to reference in this episode is going to be for Ontario but you know, things are pretty similar across the country. So Canada does have a fairly good healthcare system, again, providing some, uh, some good basic coverage, but there's many items that you may need or want that aren't covered by the healthcare system. 
So some of these items might be uh, certain prescriptions that aren't on the uh, provincial formulary, dental care, nursing care at home, private or semi-private hospital rooms or retirement residence, home renovations so that you can have you know, better accessibility or long-term care facilities, right? And so there are some programs, some tax credits that help with some of those things, which we'll get into. But on the same hand, in all of those different areas, there are potential out-of-pocket costs. So if we first look at prescriptions, dental care, uh, private, semi-private hospital rooms, the government does do a pretty good job of taking care of prescription drugs. But again, they're not all covered. For dental care, there are some coverage now for low-income seniors, but it's all income tested. So, you know, many retirees are just not going to qualify for those benefits. So you could pay for private health insurance. And, and some people, you know, when you retire, you may even be lucky enough that your employer actually had a retiree group benefit program. But, but the fact is that most people aren't going to have that coverage. So you're faced down with the decision, should you get private health insurance? So that's, you know, going to differ for, for everyone. There's going to be a, a cost-benefit analysis to do, but it's definitely not a slam dunk one way or the other. A lot of cases, probably in most cases, you're going to be better off not paying for that coverage. But there are some catastrophic events that could be covered. Um, but the downside, then again, is there's a lot of limits. So you know, if you need dental care, there's a limit to how much you can get. So you're going to be paying these premiums, and as you get older, they do get you know fairly weighty, like the premiums can go up quite a bit. And you might find that even if you're using all the benefits, you're still paying more in premiums. So, you know, we'll talk at the end about some of the, the ways that you can be funding these, uh, these uh, healthcare expenses. But if you're not paying for the extended healthcare coverage or your group benefit coverage, then basically it's self-insurance. So it's just something that to, to be mindful of and, and to factor into your, your planning. So, Otherwise, if we start talking about that, those later healthcare expenses, which is, is really the big risk here, you know, most retirees do prefer to stay in their home as long as possible, even if uh, their health is deteriorating. So there are some tax credits available for renovations. We've talked about this in a, in a previous podcast, so you can go back and look at that. I can't remember the episode number, but the title would be uh, tax credits for retirees but you're not going to get actual funding to do these renovations, right? So uh, definitely could be some savings available there. But if you want to stay in your home, one of the, the best things you can do is actually do some renovations that are going to provide some accessibility, right? So thinking like uh, chair lifts, thinking uh, ramps entering the home, main floor laundry, handrails, things like this getting in your, in your bathroom, shower. So these are all things that uh, you can think of as an investment that will allow you to stay in your home longer. And maybe that's going to also save you money on future care. Some of the uh, accessibility credit, there's also the disability tax credit. Uh, there's the caregiver credits, the medical expense tax credits. So again, these are all covered on a, a previous episode, but you can go back and, and uh, check that out and see some of the, the available funding or ways you can save on taxes that will help fund some of these, I guess, healthcare expenses. As far as actual care goes, uh, when you're staying in the house, Again, there are some programs that you may qualify, but these are generally income tested type benefits. And even if you do qualify for this funding to get some in-home care, quite often it's not the care you need or not enough care to, to, to meet your needs. So if you're going to get care in your home, when you, as your, you know, your health deteriorates, you really do need to plan on some out-of-pocket costs. So if we're talking about uh, you know, personal support workers or so PSW, you're looking in the range of $30 to $40 an hour. 
If you're looking for a registered nurse, you're looking at up to $80 an hour. Some other potential um, services you may need would be like a home support worker. So maybe someone who's out getting your groceries, providing meals, things like that. Plus $25 to $30 an hour. You could need physiotherapy if you're recovering from injuries, you know, think in the neighborhood of $100 an hour. A speech language pathologist, which may be necessary if you have a stroke or something along those lines, $120 plus an hour. Or occupational therapist, someone's going to help just being able to get around and, and live in your own house and have a more comfortable life. You know, you're looking in the neighborhood of $150 an hour. So these are all different services that you may need if you choose to stay in your home that you're going to have to take care of out of pocket. So those expenses can add up. And that's really, again, why we're talking about this, this fifth risk of retirement is these healthcare costs. Now, unfortunately, not everyone will be able to stay in their home. So maybe they can't get you know, maybe you can't afford the care, maybe you just don't have enough other help from family members. And so that means ending up either in a long-term care facility or retirement home. If you look at costs for long-term care, you know, just a, a basic, you know, shared room in a long-term care facility comes in around $1,900 per month is the cost of that. Uh, if you're looking at private rooms, you're in the neighborhood of about $3,000 a month. And if you're looking at retirement residences, retirement homes, you know, the average rent in Ontario is, uh, is nearly $4,000 a month. And it definitely goes much higher than that, but that's just kind of an average. So there is no government subsidies for retirement homes or private rooms in long-term care facilities. So if that's the route that you want to go, if you want to have your own room, your own space, you want to be in a retirement residence, those costs are going to be all out of pocket. You can get some basic, a basic room in a long-term care facility. You can get funding from the government if you qualify. So the long-term care subsidies are based on income, not assets. And I'll digress a little bit here for a second. So that's an important distinction. So any kind of qualifying to get your long-term care provided or paid for, again, it's going to be just for the, the basic room. So I guess bank on or plan on being sharing a room with other residents and they're going to look specifically at your income. So in order to qualify, you need to be receiving both old age security and the guaranteed income supplement. All right. So you're going to be in a, a low income bracket if you're, if you're actually qualifying for that subsidy. And again, it's just for the basic long-term care rooms. So in the U S right now, or many States anyway, they actually base that on assets. So, you know, if you still own a home, you still have other investments that you're not actually taking an income from, those would come into consideration whether or not you're going to get that coverage. So, you know, for some seniors, they're able to qualify for that subsidy, even if they have a large amount of assets. Otherwise, but that's something that some people think may change in the future. So as more and more uh, baby boomers uh, start to need healthcare, like care in a facility, some point they may change that and maybe they will look at, at assets. So maybe it'd be even less likely to get that, that subsidy. So that's just a, I guess a, a thought It's not a necessarily a prediction, but definitely some, something some people are uh, worried about. So assuming you're not covered by the subsidies, let's take a look at some options for, uh, you know, taking care of the cost for both home care and for facility or retirement home care. So, I mean, the first one is, you know, maybe the most obvious is just self-insure. Right. So obviously, if you saved up enough money that you can you can handle these expenses out of your the income you have, whether it's through pensions, investments or other sources of income, you know, that's great. I don't have to rely on anybody else. You know, you can take care of it. 
And again, I mentioned longevity risk before, but we never really want to plan to run out of money. So I talked about it in that episode on longevity risk. You know, a lot of people will come to me and say, Joe, I just want to spend my last dollar the day I die. And while it's, uh, you know, maybe that's an ideal thought for some, it's really, it's just not realistic because we don't know when you're going to die. When it comes to healthcare risks, we'd also, we're not sure how long you're going to live, but we also don't know what kind of healthcare costs you're going to have because you, you know, you may live a healthy life right to the age of 100 and then just not wake up one morning. And I think that's how most people would like it to be. But unfortunately for many, you will need care. And for some people that that care could span many years. I think uh, stats I've read say about one in 10 seniors who retire will be in a long-term care facility or at least need care for more than five years. So these expenses that I was talking about, they really start to add up. And so again, we don't want to plan to spend our last dollar, A, because we'll never know when you're going to pass away, but also we need to have a nest egg there to make sure we can take care of these, some of these expenses. Now, aside from having that remaining nest egg to increase spending as our expenses go up for healthcare later on in retirement, there are some other potential funding sources. So one we talk to a lot of clients about would be home equity. So a lot of our retiree clients and, and just in general, a lot of retirees, they don't like taking on debt in retirement. So they don't spend the, the equity in their homes. So they're not borrowing against it to, to take care of their regular lifestyle expenses in retirement. But it generally is one of, if not their largest asset is that is their home. So if you're able to, you know, manage all your lifestyle expenses all through retirement, just out of your, your investments or your pensions, other income sources you have, you could think of your home equity. Maybe it's think of it as your long-term care insurance policy, right? So uh, maybe it's not something you, you tap into unless you need have those excess expenses later on in retirement. Now, one thing about using the, the equity in your home is that you're also able to stay in your home. Right. So if you if you borrow against your your home, you're, you're spending the equity through something like a home equity line of credit. You don't have to sell the house. Right. So you can stay in there. You can use that to, to help get the care you want in the house, do the renovations you want in the house, all that kind of stuff. And if this is your plan to use this home equity as your kind of quasi long term care insurance policy, it may make sense to consider getting uh, the tools in place. So if it's a home equity line of credit or an all in one account. You know, there's several options available, but it might make sense to do that while you're still healthy. May even make sense to do it before you retire, just so that you're from a, you know, the perspective, a lending perspective, you're going to qualify for a higher amount of equity on that home equity line of credit or all in one account if you're still working. Certainly, the banks are a lot easier to work with when you don't need money than uh, than when you do need money. So that's just something to to take into consideration. One of the other bonuses of having something registered against your home, like a home equity line of credit, for example, is that it can help with some, I guess, credit protection because no one can try to register a loan and 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 uh, your house if you haven't already if you already have something registered there. So that's just a bit of a, a side bar there. And then the final thing we'll talk about today, as far as potentially covering some of these costs, would be insurance. So. You could use critical illness insurance or long-term care insurance. So these are different than the health insurance we talked about earlier in the episode. And critical illness insurance, it's generally a one-time payout. And it pays out, depending on the policy, you know, up to uh, maybe two dozen different illnesses. Most often, that's going to be heart attack, stroke, or cancer. 
right? And again, it could be a lump sum of, uh, of whatever coverage you've purchased. So say it's $100,000, it'd be a lump sum of $100,000. And you can use that for however, however you need to use it. Right. So whether it's again to uh, for renovations, for home care, for facility care, whatever the case, some of those policies also, instead of paying out a, a lump sum, if you need to go into a long term care facility, they'll actually pay that benefit out on a, a monthly basis to help supplement the costs of any, any facility like a long term care that you need to cover. And then there's actually long-term care insurance, but this is becoming a bit of a dying breed in Canada. And you know, I think this is the unpredictable costs of, uh, of long-term care, the unpredictable claims from an insurance company standpoint. So if we think about life insurance, I mean, it's been around for you know, over a hundred years. And so insurance companies have you know, their mortality tables. They have a really good idea of how much they need to take in in premiums to cover those future liabilities. But with long-term care insurance, that's really not the case. It's uh, it's pretty hard to predict. And it appears that a lot of uh, insurance companies are worried that it's not really a profitable product for them and, and they've taken it off the shelf. So there are a, a few companies still doing it in Canada. There's two main types. So one is uh, like a reimbursement insurance. So the insurance will cover some of your expenses, right? So if you you pay for home care or you pay for facility care, they'll reimburse those expenses up to a certain amount. And you might have like a pot of money that they'll reimburse up to the point where you hit that the total of your pot. And then there's also like a monthly benefit, which is similar to a disability insurance that our disability insurance would be replacing a portion of your income with a, a monthly benefit. So there, you can get a similar type of product that's going to pay a certain amount of monthly benefit to help your, with your um, long-term care costs or even in-home care costs. And sometimes that might be a different amount of benefit depending on whether it's uh, home care you're using the coverage for or facility care. So, you know, obviously one of the, the downsides of the insurance is it's an extra expense, but again, you're sharing that risk with other insured persons. So it's something you want to work with your advisor with to uh, to figure out if if it is worth paying for those benefits or even if you can qualify to get those uh, those that types of insurance and for some people it does make a lot of sense and for others it's just better or they just prefer to uh, rely on those other sources like self insurance or uh, home equity as a as a means to to fund those those expenses which again really is a different type of self insurance so if i bring it all together kind of in summary here the Healthcare risk, the risk of healthcare and retirement exists because, you know, it's so unpredictable, right? So there's, you know, two things really. Your needs, you may not even need any coverage for, for healthcare in retirement. Like I say, you may just live a healthy life and, and one day you just don't wake up. And again, for most people, that's probably the way that they want it. But you can't predict that. Again, you could be in a long-term care facility for five or more years, in which case, if you want you know, private care, you want to be in a retirement home, those costs are going to be substantial. The other thing that's unpredictable is uh, healthcare costs and what's actually covered by the government, right? So, you know, healthcare is, uh, has been known to increase in costs ahead of inflation, right? The inflation in healthcare is usually much higher than just general inflation. And more and more baby boomers are retiring, more and more baby boomers as they age are going to need these types of uh, coverage are going to have these expenses. And so, you know, will the government continue to provide all the benefits that it does right now? Right. So it's something else. Again, we don't know. We can't predict that. So at the end of the day, you want to make sure you have a plan. You want to make sure you've taken all these different 
risks into consideration and have an idea of how you will fund these uh, these expenses should you have these healthcare expenses in your retirement. So again, I hope you don't have to deal with this. Uh, that would be ideal, but unfortunately we don't know. And the, the best thing we can do is at least give it some consideration and have a plan for how you will handle it if required. So not the most exciting topic, uh, today, uh, I know we don't like a lot of people don't like having these discussions, but hopefully, you know, having these thoughts yourself through uh, to the podcast is maybe a little easier than talking to, to people about it, at least to get the thoughts going in your head. So I hope you've learned something today. I appreciate you joining us for episode 10 of your retirement planning simplified. If you enjoyed the episode, would love, uh, love for you to leave us a, a five star review. That's really going to be the best way for us to get the show out there for more people to see it and, uh, and hopefully benefit from, from these ideas and thoughts. And same thing, if you have a, a friend or a family member who you think should be planning for this stuff, maybe they're just retired or in, thinking about retirement, that's a good time to start uh, having a plan for, for healthcare expenses. So feel free to share this with them and hopefully they can benefit as well. So until next time, be well. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.